1: Hello and welcome to the Situation Report today. Glad to have you joining the conversation. Excited to share a great interview with you in just a few minutes. This is, of course, the show where we do our very best to bring you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalnicker, and today you will hear a wonderful interview between our co-host, Chad Roboshow and guest Remy Adelecki. You may be familiar with Remy. He is a former United States Navy SEAL. He's actually been interviewed on one of our other podcasts in the past, but Navy SEAL served in the United States military, of course, transitioned into a film star. We're going to talk about him, the work that he is currently doing, documentary that he has been involved in, and so many other great things ...that he's doing right now, and uh, looking forward to that. We we talk about this being the show where we provide you information and perspectives to navigate culture. Uh, So much of culture is formed by film, formed by media, and people like Remy are out there doing their best to transform culture through good content and good media. And looking forward to sharing that content with you. Before we jump into that though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country, things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question: what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children? what can we do personally? Uh, One of the things I would recommend is at least considering adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now Crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need <laughs> to take a look at. You can call for details eight hundred four eight nine six four five zero. 800 489 6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800 489 6450. That is 800 489 6450. Calling that number, you will get your your free kit, and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, One of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. Now, to our interview between Chad Roboshow and Remy Adelecki.
2: All right, guys, welcome to the Situation Report, we'll give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing world, and uh, today we have a really awesome guest, my friend, Remy Adalecki, uh former Navy SEAL, and uh, an incredible story of his journey from the throne of Africa to the streets of the Bronx, defying all odds. Uh, he wrote an incredible book called Transformed, and just, I mean, it's right in the title, how he transformed his life, you know, from growing up in Africa, went through Tons of hardship and transformation to be transformed into not only a Navy SEAL, but uh, one of Hollywood's up and coming brightest stars. Uh, I could go a list, long list. I mean, I, as a Navy SEAL, you know, he's, he's served our country honorably uh, around the world. He's, uh, and then getting out of the SEAL teams, uh, using his military experience to go in and begin it, going to Hollywood and really consult and advise in Hollywood films, working with Michael Bay. He starred in uh, Transformers. Uh, last night, where he uh, he got to use the SEAL team skills and, and had a jump scene in the in the movie, which I thought was pretty incredible, being a fellow jumper. And uh, he was a, he was an ambulance with Michael Bay, uh, the plane. Uh, recently, if you're if you've seen the amazing uh, hit series on Netflix, Terminalist, he was in *Terminal List* with a fellow Navy SEAL, Jack Carr, who did an incredible job writing that book, and it Amazon, that was Chris Pratt put that together. Amazon, Amazon, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Amazon. Yeah, and uh, Netflix, Six Underground, which was awesome. Man, uh, there's so many great things in here. Uh, here Comes the Flood, Downrange, uh, Who Dares Win- Wins is, uh, is your thing in the UK coming out. And then uh, most importantly, the current thing is The Unexpected, which we're going to talk yeah. a lot about that. 32-minute yeah. short film, and when we wrap up, I want to make sure you know how to go see it today. Uh, slave Stealers, The, ch- the Chameleon is, uh, is one of the things you just recently wrote. And uh, yeah. I read The Last the, the last Shall Be First, uh, when you sent that, yeah, when you were yeah, developing yeah. that, about the African-American yeah. uh, Special Forces guys, yeah. which, man, I'm, I'm yeah. super pumped about that. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. many things. But yeah. I think I got to say the most important thing that I think I can attribute you to is that of all these things you accomplished, you made it to the bathroom stall of, of uh, Spaceway <laughs> Skydive Houston. And when I go to the yeah. bathroom, uh, when I'm skydiving, your smiling face is right there. Yeah, at me.
3: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, man! I'm, so, I'm, 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 all over the place. I'm watching you at all times. I'm watching you at all times. <laughs> hey, you, you forgot man, to throw I know in it's long introduction, man, The most, but you forgot to throw in, yeah. in the most important qual, man. I What's was a that? corpsman, man. I was a doc with the Marines, brother. Come yeah. on, how could you be a Marine That's and not true, bring yeah. that up? <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: true. Yeah, before you know, he, you kind of went backwards, like you were. Yeah. A, a Navy medic, a corpsman with the Marines, and then you went backwards yeah. and went to become a SEAL medic. So uh, I didn't want to embarrass you with that, is why. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But nah, man, incredible military history, and you know, I, I know uh, it was a long introduction, and I had you on. We had you on our other show, the Mighty Oak show, and but I think it's important for the Situation Report audience because we have so many listeners that get to that love to hear your story. Uh, I'd like to really just have you tell us kind of where you came from. Uh, this just amazing journey of being transformed from the Horn of Africa to going to the Bronx, being a kid in the Bronx, to end up becoming a Navy SEAL and now uh, the, you know, one of Hollywood's new directors and, and stars.
3: No, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for having me on the platform and being able to share with your audience. So uh, my story actually kind of starts with my dad's story. My dad was a well-known Nigerian engineer, philanthropist. Uh, businessman, you name it, he did it. But above all, he was a uh, chief in the Yoruba tribe. Um, A lot of people don't know that that is a title of uh, royalty. In Western culture, we refer to royalty as prince, princess, Dutch, duchess, that sort of thing. But in African culture, specifically West African culture, royalty is referred to as chief and or your last name. So my dad, being the firstborn son to my grandfather, inherited the title of chief And then obviously our last name adeleke which means the crown is supreme so every time people say my last name i joke and say hey you are paying homage to a king every time you say adeleke (laughs) uh and so uh um long story short my dad um uh, ended up getting stripped of everything from the nigerian government went from you know riches um, to rags he died in the midst of that and uh, my mom being american She actually met my dad in the States, and then after they got married, she moved to Nigeria with him. Uh, She permanently relocated my brother and I, uh, along with herself, um, back to the States, and I grew up in the Bronx. uh, Very, very tough neighborhood. Um, There was uh, crime, drug dealers. I mean, the mafia was still prevalent at the time, and it was just a really, really rough environment. Uh, But my mom did a really good job of trying to help balance it out by exposing my brother and I to the arts, uh, um, like pressing upon us the importance of education uh, in different ways, and uh, you know, just trying to keep us out of the streets for the most part. But as I got older, you know, I began to seek for father and in, in, in the streets. You know, I began to try and fill my paternal void through hip hop culture, rap culture, you know, gangster life, all of that foolishness that I uh, I, I, I definitely regret. And uh, so I would listen to these rappers who would talk about you know, sleeping around with multiple women. So that's what I wanted to do. I would hear these guys talk about punching people in the face if uh, you feel disrespected. So that's what I did. I would hear them talk about hustling and uh, I hustled. I started out stealing from my mother and that progressed to stealing from stores that progressed to stealing from jobs that progressed to selling drugs and that progressed to running high level scams. And by the time I was 19, I had built a massive illegal enterprise where I was bringing in thousands of dollars a week. Um, but that all came crashing down when I got involved in a deal with a drug dealer that went bad. I sold him some products that were supposed to last for a certain amount of time. Uh, they only lasted for a fraction of that time. And he came knocking on my door and essentially threatened my life, and my mother's life. Uh, at the same time, there were people who were running the same scams that I was running. And they were getting caught, prosecuted and sent to federal prison. So here I was, I I essentially backed myself into this proverbial corner and now I'm facing either death or imprisonment. So that was a huge wake up call for me. And uh, after I made the drug dealer his money back, I decided, you know, I'm going to get out of this this crime life. And I did. And from June of 2002 to excuse me, from January 2002 to June of 2002, I did absolutely nothing. I just meandered around my apartment and just tried to, you know, watch TV I did little to nothing and then one day in uh, June of 2002 I was in my bed and I heard this voice speak to me Uh, at the time I was I would I fluctuated between atheism and agnosticism but in retrospect I truly believe that it was the voice of God guiding me and that voice said to me you need to get out of here you need to join the military and you have to understand that for me to join the military at that time just that idea was contrary to everything that I was I you know hated the police And I associated anybody in the uniform uh, as the police, whether you were EMT, firefighter, Navy, Marine Corps, Army, whatever. So I hated the police. I liked my clothes baggy and my hats backwards. I was allergic to order and structure. It, it was just just everything about the military was just contrary to who I was. Um, but after I looked around the room that I grew up in and, and just you know looked at how my life had amounted to nothing, 19 years, I decided, you know, what else do I have? I have nothing else to show for. And so I ended up going to the uh, Marine Corps recruiter's office first. Uh, I sat there for fifteen minutes. There was a, uh, there was a cup of coffee on the desk, but you know he was uh, he must have been lollygagging because uh, he didn't come back to the office. You know he was probably you know hanging out. You know how Marines are. They try to skate. He was skating
2: somewhere. He was out chasing. He was out chasing women somewhere. I'm sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. High uh, like, recruiter's, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's probably a hooters on the, on, on Fordham Road in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, and so are, uh, I, I left the... Else. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I left the recruiter, the Marine recruiter's office. I went two doors down into the Navy recruiter's office and I was met by this very beautiful Navy recruiter named Tiana Reyes. And in my mind, I was uh, like, hey, not only am I going to get in the Navy, but I got me a new girlfriend and uh, she saw right through me. And uh, so she played along with the game, knowing that at the end of the day, I was going to be the one getting played, not her. So the first thing she had me do was she had me uh, uh, do a practice ASVAP test. I passed that high enough to get into the Navy. The next thing she did was ran my background. She ran my background, found out I had two warrants out for my arrest. I had a warrant in New York and a warrant in New Jersey. I got up, got ready to run out of the the office. And then she screamed at me and said, stop. And I said, what? She said, "Uh, don't go out there because there's nothing out there for you. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Stay here so you could come and arrest me? And she said, no, I want you to. Come back tomorrow. I said, like, come back tomorrow. She said, yeah, do you have a uh, uh, suit? I said, no. She said, do you have a nice shirt and some a nice pants? I said, I'm sure I can find something. Why? And she snapped at me and said, just come back tomorrow, okay? And, you know, something within me told me that whatever it is that she was going to do for me the next day, it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be revolve around me being thrown in jail. She was going to actually do something nice for me. And uh, she did. The next day I came back, she was in her dress uniform with her medals on and she took me to both judges. She took me to the judge in New York and the judge in New Jersey. And essentially advocate on my behalf. She said, hey, this kid's made mistakes, but he has potential. He's trying to join the military after act of war. just take had just taken place nine months earlier. And, you know, but he can't join the military with a record. So both judges unanimously uh, expunged my record, which was a miracle. And then she went a step further and fudged the paperwork to sneak me in the Navy. And I'll never forget that because she died two years later after she did what she did for me. She died of a very rare autoimmune disease. And, uh, but that one decision that risk that she took on me changed the trajectory of my life. So yeah, I got into the Navy and then that, I really got serious about being a seal, but I couldn't swim. I didn't have the academic scores and I was skinny. And, but I just put into work and within a year of checking in my first command, I was checking out and qualified to go to Bud's, went to Bud's, um, made it to, uh, through hell week made it to die phase got kicked out of buds um then i regressed even further by getting stationed with the marines in the infantry <laughs> Just is best with you and uh yeah i spent spent about a year with the marines first marine division battalion one four did a deployment with them and then after i got back i got a chance to go back to buds went back to buds made it through buds um had a great career in the seal teams i did a little bit of what you did as it relates to human um uh, and i got and i was able to kick down doors and just had a great career i spent eight years of uh my navy career in the teams of my uh 13 years in the navy and then in uh july of uh in, in january of 2016 is when i decided to get out so that's a quick snapshot of uh how i my journey from africa to the bronx to the
1: navy and then and then out if you want to know the truth behind the events of January 6th, 2021, Jake Lang, incarcerated political prisoner, has it all in a documentary with footage that has never before been seen by the public. It is the raw and uncut truth about January 6th, the day when free men and women stood unarmed against tyranny and were brutalized, beaten, and even murdered on the steps of our own capital, and where brave Americans came together to defend the Constitution with free and fair elections. Take a journey with Jake Lang to remember the heroes who came to the Capitol to peacefully protest. Watch this documentary dedicated to Roseanne Boylan, Ashley Babbitt, Benjamin Phillips, and Kevin Greeson, who lost their lives defending our country that day. Seeing is believing. Go now to j6truth.org. It's not about what you have heard and been told by mainstream left media. It's the uncut truth. Go now to j6truth.org.
2: Well, uh, I mean, I love I love every time I hear your story, hearing about your mom, because uh, yeah. you know so many so many kids in our country grow up without you know good parents. I, you know, we, we come from. I grew up in Louisiana. You grew up in the Bronx, Bronx and, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, both of us didn't have that father figure for different reasons in our life, but yeah. we had people that invested in us and cared about us. For you, as your mom, for me, as my grandmother, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, yeah. you know, hey, look look where we both are. You know, uh, yeah. there was there was a lot of paths we could have took that could have led us down the wrong road. But you know, whether we, even though we made bad decisions in our lives, like the fundamental uh, uh, the fundamental attributes that our parent, uh, our mom, and my grandmother gave us is what led us to where we are. And wh- yeah. I, I want to I ask, uh, wh- what was your introduction? Uh, I want to get into movie stuff, but I want to know, like, from a Christian perspective, what was your introduction to Christ? You said God, you felt God calling yeah. you to go in the military. And then there has been a transition there to where you actually, was it during the SEAL teams or during your time in the military?
3: Yeah, it was during it was during the SEAL teams. So, uh, you know, as I said, I, I had fluctuated between atheism and agnosticism most of my life. I hated church, hated religion. And then one day I met this girl who I fell head over heels in love with. And one thing that she would do is she would go to church every Sunday. And I wanted to do anything I could to get close to her and stay close to her. So I would go to church with her and uh, just, but I still didn't believe. I remember being in the church service cornerstone church, actually uh, in uh, San Diego and just watching the pastor preach and mocking him, mocking people as they raised their hands and worship and just making fun of everything, you know, and uh, fast forward about a year later, our relationship, me and this girl, our relationship got a lot deeper and uh, um, I did absolutely everything bad to her, man. I cheated on her. I, I emotionally abused her, never physically abused her, but I emotionally abused her and I just dogged her out. And she, st- and I ended up pulling her away from the church as a matter of fact. And she stopped going to church because of me. And uh, uh, and then one day I uh, went to a uh, static line jump school. And on my second jump, I broke my ankle and I couldn't walk walk for four months. And in those four months, this woman showed me the love of God, despite me treating her like I was a devil. And, uh, you know, she would come and and clean my house and bring me food. She even left her Yorkie with me to watch me and keep me company while I was sitting on the couch all day because I was in a cast and couldn't walk. And as soon as I was able to walk, I left her. And I'll never forget, she put her back against the wall and slid down my wall. And she said, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I've given up so much for you. And I told her, I don't care. Get out of my apartment. And she left. About a month later, June, in June of 2008, I, uh, I, I felt this call again, just like I felt this call to join the military. I felt this presence and I truly believe that it was God telling me to take her back. And, There's a lot more to the story. It's all in my book. But I decided to take her back. And then two months later, I went to cold weather survival training in Alaska. And right before I was to get on a plane, she dropped me off at the airport. And she tried to give me a hug and kiss in front of my SEAL teammates. And I just turned and walked away. And there was a SEAL by the name of Todd. And I won't say his last name, but strong Christian guy. He stopped me. He said, dude, you need to stop acting like that. You need to stop treating that woman like that. Like, you know, you got to you got to do right. And I was like, man, shut up. I don't care because I was trying to be a tough guy. And uh, But when I got out to Alaska, that's when I really had that encounter with God because it was the first time I would say in my entire adult life that I was completely isolated. You know, I, uh, I, I was out in the wilderness and the snow and in nature and I had to navigate from one point of Alaska to another part of Alaska by myself through this land navigation course. And as I was doing this course, it was as though somebody was... Holding up a mirror and showing me what I had become. As I was walking through this beautiful, serene, ultra quiet uh piece of nature in Alaska, I felt like, you know, God God was holding up my a mirror to me and showing me what I had become. And I didn't like what I saw. I couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe that I treated this girl this way. I couldn't believe that I treated my mother, and my brother a specific way. I couldn't believe the man I had become. And I decided that when I get back from Alaska, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna become a different man. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna change. And I'm gonna marry this girl. Well, unbeknownst to me, she goes to a party while I'm in Alaska, and she runs into this woman who's married to a seal. And the woman finds out she's dating me, and she says, "Hey, it's hard to be married to seals. If he's not treating you good now, you need to leave." And out of the years of us being together, that one conversation gave her the spark to leave me. But. I didn't know this was going on. So fast forward, after I get out of my land navigation course and go back to the barracks in Alaska, I pick up the phone and I called her and I said, I don't want you to say anything. I just hear me out. I realize I've been a dirtbag. When I get back, I want to marry you. I'm going to change my life. Things are going to be completely different. And she was totally quiet on the phone. And I said, hey, what's wrong? You hear me? She said. I wanted to tell you when I get, when you got back home, I was like, tell me what? And I, the idea of her leaving me never crossed my mind to the point where I thought that she had cancer or sick. I thought that she was trying to tell me that she had some crazy cancer. She was going to die because that's how she sounded. And I finally, I said, tell me right now. she said, I'm leaving you. And I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. I, I know I've been bad. Like, hear me out. I I, I, I need to change and I want to change. And I want to marry you when, when, when I get back. And she was like, no, it's too late. You, you, dog dogged me out. You treated me horribly, and I do not want to go through similar. When I got off the phone, I felt like I was in twilight zone. And then I really started hearing, I, I started getting attacked spiritually, and I started getting suicidal thoughts, and I just, there was just a lot going on in my head. And I remember my brother had been a Christian for many years, and I used to make fun of him. And one thing he would always tell me is, Remy, when you hit rock bottom, just remember to cry out to Jesus. He said, when, not if, but when, just remember to cry out to Jesus. And I just remember being in Alaska and doing that. I just started, I didn't know how to pray or what to pray. I just started saying, Jesus, help me, Jesus guide me, give me the strength to help me get through this moment. And when I got back from Alaska, I called up my my ex-girlfriend and I begged her, hey, to take me back. She said, I won't take you back. And then the words just came out of me. I said, okay, if you won't take me back, can you take me to church? And that same church that I mocked, you know, about a year or two later is the same church that she took me to. And uh, that's why I gave my life to Christ. And then from there, everything changed. You know, I, I gave up pornography. I gave up sex. I gave up my lame. I, like, I just was all in for Jesus. And, uh, and yeah, that was in 2008.
2: Yeah. yeah. Your life's been a pretty upward trajectory since then. You know, yeah. following yeah. it, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You, you've, you've able, been able to do some pretty incredible things, especially in, in outside the military in Hollywood. And one thing I always talk about in Hollywood is, like, when military movies, like, they get that. They do something just cringe. You just cringe because like yeah. why would they do that? It just seems so unauthentic. And uh, and so I love yeah. seeing when guys yeah. who come from legit military backgrounds go into Hollywood and yeah. help make it right because I love movies yeah. and I love yeah. my background. I want it to be done right. And so uh, you got to work with Michael Bay, uh, you know, and Transformers yeah. and, and, and Ambulance and other things. And I know you and Michael Bay are pretty close. And, and I was super yeah. privileged. You got to put me on the phone with him recently, about to talk about another yeah, yeah. project. But. Yeah, uh, yeah but I think most recently, which most popular right now is terminal list on Amazon. I'll get get it right this time. But, uh, what was it like that experience working with Jack Carr, you know, fellow Navy SEAL, uh, doing terminal lists?
3: No, it was great. It was great. It was great, man. Jack's a great dude. As a matter of fact, I did his podcast two weeks ago. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to help promo the, the short film as well and push that out. And so, uh, yeah, he's a great dude. Chris Pratt was a super sweet guy. And, uh, it was definitely like a a blessing of an experience to be able to work with, you know, like-minded guys that, you know, especially guys that I served with, there were a bunch of other SEALs who worked on the project as well, whether in a consulting capacity or as actors. So it was definitely a a heck of a ride. Well,
2: I mean, um, of all the things you get to do, right? I mean, acting, directing, writing, uh, producing, uh, what what do you think, I mean, the trajectory for your future your career. What do you like most? Uh, you know,
3: yeah, is it all me, love? Like now, for me, it's 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 storytelling. So, and in the form of writing, directing. You know, we've uh, uh, we've talked many a times in the past about that, and uh, I feel like everything that I've done in my life, whether it's writing a book, writing a screenplay, acting in a project, all of that has prepared me and was essentially my film school um, to prepare me to be a writer director. And that's my passion. That's my goal. Um, and that was one of the, one of the reasons why I made the film, um, um, was, to, you know, was to, for so that it could hopefully be a stepping stone for me to go further. And, um, now that short film has got picked up, and now it's going to be a feature film. Um, and Gerard Butler's production company signed on, and, and Alan Siegel, base and so we're we're full fledged into like getting you know pulling financing together and pulling the right team together. But uh, yeah, that was the that was the minute reason as to why I made the film. But it's because that's my dream and goal is to you know be a full fledged writer director for the rest of my hopefully the rest of my life. <laughs>
2: Well, let's talk about that because uh, "Unexpected yeah. uh, Redemption" is the the thirty minute or so documentary, and and uh, I've seen it. It's uh, yeah. you, you gave me the. Well, well I'll,
3: I'll correct you. i correct you real quick. The uh, "Unexpected Redemption" is the feature version. That's the feature film that that, that went out in development. The "Unexpected" is the thirty two minute short film. So it's not a documentary. It's actually okay. a short film with acting and all. Short that. Short film. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: yeah. All right. Yep. That's, uh, yeah. That's but you get so "Unexpected" the the, fe- cool. the short. Uh, you gave me a chance to see it, yeah. And uh, man, it yeah. it was incredible. I was blown away. I, one, I was like, my first thing was like, super proud of you because it was like, thank you, thank you. It, it captivated yeah. me right away, and it had some. You know, I won't spoil it, but uh, you got, yeah. you know, because everyone has to go see it. It had some, yeah. for a brand new director, uh, yes. it had some things in it that were like, kind of tech and new age that I hadn't seen yeah. before in a film, and and uh, yeah. I really liked it. it. It maybe had like some of uh, some some like maybe Quentin Tarantino kind of
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, touches yeah.
2: to it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, yeah. had like some, some of the stuff that they do, I don't forget who the filmmaker is. And it, they made like snatch and all those movies. And, uh, yeah, Guy yeah. yeah. Oh, it had, Guy some, Richie, it had yeah. like some of the, like, like some of that, like special qualities to it that make it like stand out. And, uh, I really, yeah. I really loved it. Uh, yeah. but more importantly, I mean, obviously the directing was awesome cause I'm, I'm raving about it here, but yeah. the storyline is incredible and it's, and it tells yeah. a story that, uh, everyone needs to know about, about human trafficking yep. And yeah. I know, like, uh, you know, we all get platforms in our life. And, you know, I, obviously I've been able to use my platform for, for veterans causes and ministry in yeah. that area. And uh, you getting this, you've been given this incredible platform, and the first thing you're doing yeah. with it is telling a story as a storyteller of something that could bring awareness and, and light on such a dark topic to help people. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, what was your motivation there to pick this subject for your first debut, debut director role?
3: No, thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, when I got out of the military and, and I know your experience, I've read your screenplay in your book and you have an amazing story. And, and so, you know, this, when you, when you, when I got out of the military, I was just trying to find that way to serve, you know, find that purpose, you know? And, uh, I just, I started working with different, do, just, just doing different nonprofit work. Like I, I remember one thing I did, I went to prisons and I would, I, you know, I spoke in prisons and men's prisons and female prisons. And uh, I would just sit with the guys and share my story. And that was fulfilling. You know, that gave me back that sense of service. And then I would go to inner city schools and talk to juveniles. And, and, and then, you know, I kept on getting contacted by different organizations to do stuff with human trafficking. One of the first organizations that contacted me was uh, uh, one called uh, Without Permission which out of Sacramento. And this lady reached out to me and she said, Hey, I'd love for you to come up and help me out with what I'm trying to do as it relates to human trafficking. And then uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, the founder of In-N-Out Burger, she reached out to me uh, a few years after that for her nonprofit slave to nothing. And I helped out with a, uh, a celebrity bowling uh, event to help raise money for her we were there together. trafficking. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 we, we were, were there together. together for that. Yeah. yeah. So it, I don't it know it how they became... picked me to
2: do that, but. Yeah,
3: yeah, me, me neither, me neither. But it just like, like, like just...
2: Ma- they had like Mac yeah. from, uh, yeah. from, uh, yeah. from uh, Fleetwood Mac and like. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah. And then they had, yep. they had yep. me and you. Yep. Yep.
3: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so, you know, different people just kept on reaching out to me, you know, for this human trafficking, it just became a reoccurring theme. And then there was another human trafficking organization that reached out to me, I won't mention their name, and they employ uh, former SEALs and former Marines and former soft guys to go down into various countries and rescue kids trapped in human trafficking and sex trafficking, organ harvesting. And and I remember going down to Dominican Republic and Haiti with them, and that was a eye-opening experience. And, and I'm getting to the, my inspiration behind making this film. Uh, we went to this one slum in Dominican Republic where um, the, the parents sell their, their daughters to sex traffickers in the north of DR. Because in the north of DR, you get a lot of Westerners who come to have sex with young underage girls. And so we were in this particular slum to educate the parents as to why, hey, you shouldn't do this. Like, here's what's happening to your little girls. And this one guy who was a liaison for us, he took me by the arm as we were walking through this slum and he walked me into this chapel and the chapel couldn't be, wasn't no bigger than like probably double the size of a stall in a bathroom, right? And at the end of the chapel was this this baby in a coffin that was six months old. The baby was dead. And essentially what he shared with me was that the mother because she wasn't getting enough food and enough sustenance she wasn't able to produce any more milk and so she started you know putting scrapping her pennies together to get formula and she would mix the formula with the local water that was bad and ultimately it was the water that killed the baby and what this guy was trying to explain to me is that this is their plight they're so desperate because it's either they sell their daughters you know and get some money so they can have food and water for the rest of their kids or they don't and their kids die and when I got back from that trip, my phone, I had all these messages from Mike Case. Mike Case is Michael Bay's producing partner. And uh, Mike Case was like, Remy, we've been trying to get in contact with you. Like, what's going on? Where are you? Michael Bay's starting his next movie, Six Underground, and he wants you to be the lead consultant on it. And in that moment, I, like, it was like a light went off in my head and I was able to put two and two together. I was like, here's this, this horrific thing going on in the world called human trafficking where more people are enslaved around the world today than any other time in human history and here's this platform media film to be able to expose it because i can go on missions after missions and rescue 10 20 30 kids but there's going to be 300 400 500 more people more kids more women more men more children that need to be rescued so how can I ha- using my platforms, my experiences my 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 giftings and calling how can I have a bigger impact and you know what we would do overseas. With psyops, right? You know, sometimes it was about winning the hearts and minds. Sometimes it was about dropping pamphlets or or handing out food or handing out you know, resources to people to get the get the locals on our side so that we could better do our job. And that's kind of how I saw this. I see this as one big psyops operation. You know, instead of kicking down a door using this film, and and and, and that's why I developed the film. You know, to, 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 to educate people of the realities and not just the realities of human trafficking. Yeah. As it relates to said, let me back up for a second. When people hear human trafficking, the only thing their mind typically goes to is sex trafficking. They don't realize that there are multiple facets to human trafficking. You have organ harvesting, which the film focuses on, which is a is 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 so widespread, and I could talk about that in more greater detail later. Then you have labor, people who are trafficked for labor. Then you have forced marriages, which is something that falls under human tra- trafficking that's not talked about. And then you have drug use. You have the um, uh, testing where people are used, slaves are used for testing of certain drugs. Then you have kids who are used to move, the traffic and used to move drugs into other countries. I interviewed a guy a couple weeks ago um, who I'm going to release this interview next week. He was trafficked from Venezuela to uh, Colombia and from Colombia to the Mexican border. And how he was led there was through pamphlets. So what the cartel and other nefarious figures are doing is they're using they're creating fake travel agencies to lure people from all around the world to Mexico in order to. To, to, to essentially detain them and enslave them. And this particular guy, make a long story short, was trafficked, eventually trafficked to Mexico. He got to Mexico. He was abducted. He was he was put in a very fancy house and mansion in Mexico. In that house were 100 people, men, women and children from all around the world who were lured to this particular place with the hopes that they would be able to be crossed into America. In this house, the women were used for sex trafficking. The kids were used to move drugs into the U.S. and the men were ordered to pay a specific amount of money. Uh, They have their families pay nine thousand dollars. And if their families after their families paid the nine thousand dollars, they were executed. Some of the other men were used for labor. And this actually happened. I'm releasing this guy's interview next week. So there's multiple facets to human trafficking and organ harvesting is one big facet that is grossly overlooked and that's why i decided to focus this film on organ harvesting to show people that it's a big thing and it's widespread it's happening all over the world and it's happening and and americans are going into other places in order to do deals so they can get organ transplants and these victims are people who have you know who are from America and some most of them are from other parts of the world as well. So sorry, I know I, I rambled on for a long period of no, time. No, no, it's
2: it's there. awesome. I mean, it, you know, and you, and you tell that you told it in such a creative way, an yeah. entertaining way. I mean, I was glued all 32 minutes. I was glued to it, and uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, that's that's the the short that you can watch now. Uh, we're gonna yeah. have directions on how to watch it uh, in yeah. the in the commentary on the on uh, the posting for this for this show, um, and uh, I mean. And obviously, I I'm not the only one who thought it was good because it got picked up. Uh, the, the feature script got picked up by Gerard Butler's production yep. company. Am I saying that right?
3: Yep, yep, so, G-Base. Uh, yep.
2: And what's, G-Base. what's that look like? I mean, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about getting the word out of stuff like this, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the short, we're going to get a lot of people to watch it here, and people are going to watch it. But the feature film is where the real message is going to re- reach millions. Uh, what, yeah, what's yeah. that project look like?
3: Yeah. So right now we, the script is done. Um, We have, we started going out to investors and financiers. Um, We have a mutual, uh, I won't mention his name because I I don't know if he wants his name out there, but we have a mutual contact who's financing your film. Who's going to, Potentially put money into our film, um, and we're going out to other investors who are passionate. It's a, and at the end of the day, for us, it's about not just because we ha- we have access to people who want to put money in, but it's about the right people who have the right heart. You know, who really want to get behind human trafficking. So you know, we're we're uh, you know meeting, taking meetings, and we're opening up uh, uh, the investment pool of people who would like to get behind this film and be able to tell us on a large scale. We've already went out to a big star. We um, can't mention his name right now. And and there's another star that Alan Siegel has worked with on, a, on another movie who's a massive star who we're looking to attach to the film. And stars are expensive, but the good thing about stars is once you get them on the film, you know this as well as I do, that opens up the film to a wider o- audience, which means it opens up the uh, the 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 message to a wider audience. So that's essentially what we're doing right now. Uh, we just brought on a line producer, and uh, we're about to hire a casting director. So it's exciting. It's ex- it's a exciting period to now see how this idea that started from me going down to South America and witnessing this stuff firsthand transposed into a tv treatment which i missed i cut out that part of the story nobody wanted to do the tv treatment in hollywood because to them it was too dark so then it transposed into a, a short film and now that short film is now has now turned into a big you know action thriller and so it's it's uh, it's it's a blessing to see that there is a market for it and that's another thing you know in media, you know, especially mainstream media, nobody's talking about human trafficking or organ harvesting. Nobody's talking about it. And, uh, and, and, and that was and one wonder, of the reasons. And you wonder why, right? And you wonder why. <laughs> you it wonder makes, why. You wonder why.
2: makes you wonder why, right? Like, uh, yep. why aren't people and talking a, about this?
3: Yep. And here's the interesting thing. A lot of the pushback you get, or I have gotten, is, is too dark. And I say, really, what about squid games? What about all of these horror movies that come out, where people are getting decapitated and people are getting raped, and all of this? Like people watch that stuff all the time, and, and, and for entertainment. So, so you you can't say that this is too dark of a topic, especially when we're, we're we're doing we're doing it in a way where we're we're not glorifying it. We're doing it in a way where we we're educating through it. You know.
2: Well, I think this is where the media, particularly mainstream media, has hurt efforts like this when they yeah. say it's too dark, it's because if they expose the truth then people yeah. feel compelled to do something yeah. about it somebody has exactly. right? if people knew what was really happening and everyone knew this yeah. the, the gravity of this problem of organ harvesting sex trafficking if people really yeah. grasp the gravity then somebody has to take action and uh and 100%. you know people don't want to be held accountable to have to take action especially yeah. you know unfortunately people uh, of all political parties in, in yeah. government yeah. they don't want to be forced yeah. to take action so there's a lot of pushback to to share truth yeah. and you know, yeah. I, I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of you as a, as a friend and brother, yeah. like that. You're courageous enough to start your career with this, and I and I think personally, I thank don't you. think it's dangerous. Yeah. I, I think it's gonna yeah. it sets you out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people that's that take that risk and step out, I think it puts yeah. you right in the trajectory of where you want to be. And uh, so I don't think there's a risk in it. I think other people are just scared of it.
1: And, yeah, thank uh, you, brother. But
2: I, I applaud you for it, man. Uh, you, well, two things as we wrap up because uh, we got to wrap up here. That I really want I want to plug. You on, and then you can plug whatever you want. But two things: one, yeah. uh, watch the 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 short, the unexpected. Uh, today yep. it's out you know, as this episode drops. It's releasing today. Uh, yep. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can watch it. Uh, I'll let Remy tell you how you can watch it. We'll have a yep. link in in our posting, a uh, uh, situation report, and as well as at Salem. And then the second thing is uh, it's a little belated, but uh, Remy's book, transformed. Get a copy of his book. His book is incredible. Right. It's a very thorough read. He also reads it. It's in Audible and he reads it himself. Uh, His book, Transformed, just really covered. We we did very much wave tops of his story, but he has an incredible story. So definitely get a copy of Transformed.
3: Uh, I really appreciate that.
2: Kind of follow up with that and tell us uh, exactly where people can go for those.
3: yeah, yeah. So for the film, we're releasing it on YouTube. Uh, Just search either my, my YouTube page is Remy Adelike. So it's uh, simple. My name and then or you could just search the unexpected film. Um, And uh, that's going to be on that's on YouTube right now. So go check it out. And then as far as my book, you can get my book Transform wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, uh, BAM, you know, wherever books are sold. My next book, um, which interestingly, I got to talk to you about more offline is uh, is called The Comedian. Alien is a fiction thriller series that started out as a screenplay, which I think you read. We got a three book um, thriller series deal with Harper Collins, William Murrow. So that book is going to be dropping next year. Um, but yeah, the primary focus right now is uh, the unexpected getting the word out and sharing the link, sharing the film with people who uh, may not believe this thing, who who are unconscious of the realities of human trafficking and organ harvesting, because the more we can we can, we can get the word out, the more we can recruit people into this fight and end slavery you know I'll end on this point we i hear people say all the time if i lived in the 1800s or the 1700s you know when slavery slavery was, was uh prevalent in the u.s i'd fight for this and i'll fight for against the slave masters and i'd pull them all my arms together and do something i wouldn't let it happen well guess what slavery is happening right now It's happening right now. And as I said, there's more people enslaved around the world today than any other time in human history. Human trafficking is a $32 billion industry. 30,000 uh, of people who are caught in sex trafficking, just sex trafficking alone, not organ harvesting, not labor, die from disease and torture every year. Six hundred to 800,000 of the globally trafficked victims, the majority of them are women and children. You have an opportunity to fight modern slavery today. And so if you were that person that would fight slavery back then, well, show us. You know, get out and do that. And and this film is going to hold everybody to account. It's going to it's going to, you know, it's going to confront you with some truth and give you the opportunity to make a difference, whether it's serving, whether it's donating, whether it's just being aware of the signs of a person who may be trafficked and stepping in and doing something.
2: That's right. That's awesome. Uh, it's, uh yeah. these things need to be called to action. Uh, yeah, again, please. super proud of you, bro. It was awesome to have you on. And, uh, thank you, and, uh, you know, everybody listening, go watch this, this, uh, short film and, uh, and then stay tuned for the future film. Cause I know it's going to be awesome. Yes
3: sir. Yeah. yes, sir. God bless brother. Hey, God bless you. Much love brother Chad. And thank you for all the great work you're doing out in Ukraine and all the great work you're doing with veterans and your ministry. So, uh, I appreciate you too, man. I appreciate you for being a brother. We, we connected, you know, years ago. Uh, I heard your story and I reached out to I Am Second and I said, you need to share this brother's story. And man, I've just been a, been a follower and a lover of you since then, my brother.
1: Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at Mighty MightyOaksPrograms.org. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners the percale and giza dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code order now because when they're gone they're gone the percale and giza dream sheets are breathable and have a cool crisp feel they come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee don't miss out on this incredible offer there's a limited supply so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to mypillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code SITREP. Thank you for joining us today. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you subscribe right now. We bring guests like Remy On and so many others. Uh, three times a week. <laughs> There's a lot of content, a lot of great guests, a lot of information that you uh, can receive, you should receive, but you will miss if you are not subscribed. So subscribe to the podcast, then take some time, go over to YouTube. You can find our channel, The Situation Report, on YouTube. Subscribe, hit that notification bell, and then go ahead and share that content out. Leave us a comment. That would be fantastic. Appreciate you joining us. Look forward to talking to you next time.